0: Hello and happy Thanksgiving from NSTA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackinson, Executive Director. Pleased to welcome today, Kim Martin, Industry Engagement Consultant, Tyler Technology. Kim's been a frequent guest of ours on NSTA The Bus Stop and a good friend to NSTA. So Kim, welcome back.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to be here.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, you know, we always talk about this on the podcast, whether it's you as guest or other folks, because I always think there's so so many interesting, you know, stories. And, and even if you're a recurring guest on the bus stop, um, we can always learn something about your, your background. But you have an interesting and varied background. So I want to, um, you know, give you the chance to, to talk about your background and how you kind of cut your teeth in student transportation.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, uh, I guess it is a fun story. You know, like probably a lot of people, I wanted to contribute financially to my household, but I was um, young, newly married and starting a family. So, uh, you know, also wanted to be home. I worked in loss mitigation for DE, you know, corporate world. I met someone who said, hey, have you ever considered being a bus driver? And Of course, my answer was uh, no <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> actually no, <laughs> but that's how it started and And my kids grew up with me on the bus, and um you know I you you become so thankful for that 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 creates that loyalty, I think, at least it did for me. And so once they were in school full time and and the house was clean by ten o'clock, I was like, all right, what else can I do here?" So I sat in every seat. <laughs> yeah. So I sat in every seat really. Um, and, and, you know, had done a lot of things, but I worked for both the contracted services and also for the school district. So I got a good mix of that, um, not only in a city and rural. And so, um, you know, the rest is history, but I've been doing it in this industry, what I can to help, um, for 23 years now. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but, um, you know, I, I miss the kids a lot of times, but it makes me feel good what you do behind the scenes. So, so yeah, that's uh, a little bit about me.
0: Yeah, so 23 years in the industry, you started when you were five, right? And you're, you know, <laughs> yeah. right? You're gone quickly, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, you're at Tyler Technologies, a good um, partner for uh, us here at NSTA. Can you tell the folks a little bit uh, about the company and and then, of course, what you do on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, sure can. So Tyler Technologies serves only those who serve the public, um, which which to me is really neat uh, because that's a unique thing when you serve the public, right? And you want to partner with someone who understands what it is you go through every day and what you need to do and the tools that you need. I happen to work specifically in the K-12 transportation division. So, we're solely focused on that. And uh, we provide uh, solutions, everything from software to hardware, onboard technology for the drivers, uh, ridership, parent applications. And, you know, just really, we're really proud of how that all works together. Um, And and we've got some great solutions. What I do, uh, and I'm so blessed, uh, continue to be blessed, right? Is Tyler um, allows me to continue to serve the industry and do things with uh, the associations, certainly with yourself um, and the other associations. And um, also, you know, I'll I'll work with the state associations, anything I can to do to serve. And then I work with our developers, right? Um, uh, They're the ones who write code, something I could never do. (laughs) And, uh, And so when we work together and we bridge those language gaps, then the people who benefit are actually the students. And that's a really neat thing.
0: Yeah, sure is. Now, you know, things have, of course, evolved over time. You've been in student transportation, you know, for a couple decades. Um, Now, I think that one area with the uh, advent and evolution of technology is this whole idea around transparency in student transportation. Can you talk a little bit about that and what, Things that operators can do to improve upon this?
1: Yes, and you're so right about that evolution. Um, and I, you know, I like to keep it real. So I'm very forthcoming that when I was a director, um, you know, I spent a lot of time routing by hand, quite frankly, because I was like, I can do it faster myself. <laughs> I know every student, I know every address, you know what I mean? It was just, Let me do it. Um, and I didn't want to fight with software, something like that. And what I've come to to you know realize through that experience are the questions to ask um, the vendors. And so because you can't fake anything anymore. Um, and back in the day, we could, right? You could have some software, and but maybe not everything you do or everything the drivers do are in there because who has the time? But now that the public drives the demand more than ever, um, and that's some of that evolution, now we've got to have a true reflection of the operation. Because if we're going to be transparent, and we don't have that true reflection, now we're creating phone calls and we're creating more problems. So that's why, you know, really, we have to ask the right questions, have higher expectations than ever before, that we can have a true reflection of what the operation is supposed to be, be able to do it easily. And get back to the more important things, but it's so important. Like I said, because the public drives that demand, um, they want that transparency, and they, you know, they see it with other things. So they say, why, why can't we have this? You know, with the bus routes, why shouldn't we?
0: Right. You know, and and I guess uh, just a quick follow up on that in terms of um, parent engagement, what have you seen over the past? you know, couple decades, you know, with respect to parent engagement, are they focusing on the same things? Are they focusing on different things? You know, and, and I'm sure that that technology has played a part or a role, you know, in all that kind of development, but um, is, is the focus maybe a little bit different these days than it was, say, 20 years ago?
1: Yeah, I think it definitely is different. I think some of it has been helpful to operators, and what I mean by that is, you know, we've always kind of felt sometimes, sometimes, um, when it comes to funds for transportation, right? We, some people feel like low man on the totem pole for that. So when the public helps helps drive that demand, then a lot of times we're getting yeses, right, about the things we want and need for our operation and um, and those who work with us in the operation. But you know, the parents are going, listen. I can see my Domino's pizza being made on my application. (laughs) I see what they they put the cheese on, they put this on. Oh, they're packing it up right now. It's on its way to you. So absolutely, you know, they're more tech savvy than ever. And they're going, wait a second, if I can see my Domino's pizza being made, how come I can't see, you know, my child's bus and what the EPA is to the stop? So the really neat thing is they can now, right? Um, but that's some of that that evolution and how they've been involved more than ever, which I think is a good thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we we kind of threw around that term transparency and, you know, I'm always cautious about, you, you know, using terminology because I think quite quite often different things, you know, mean different things to people. So different terms mean different yeah. things to people. And so when we're talking about uh, transparency and successful transparency, what does Kim Martin believe that looks like?
1: That's a great question. Thank you for that. Because, you know, the other thing is many times we pool our resources, the plan plunges. That's really some of the magic powers that transportation people have, right? And student transportation is that that puzzle falls apart several times a day, most likely, and they put it back together. So now we have this element of, uh, you know, uh, mom, dad, and guardian want to, they want and need some information, but we don't want to create panic, right? So if there, if, if we have a parent application, for example, that allows you to see where the bus is right now, um, you might want to think about for your operation, one that's flexible, Maybe I only want to give them the ETA to their stop, because if they see that bus take a different turn, because I've directed the driver to do so, we don't want to create panic now. So we have we really have to think about all of the daily changes when it comes to that transparency and what that means to someone looking at it that has no idea what goes on behind the scenes. Or that, hey, we had to bring a backpack back to someone or, or someone forgot their lunch on the bus. And you know, we have to be flexible right. in student transportation. So um, when it comes to that transparency, you have to almost think of everything and then go, okay, you know, we've got to think about what information should come through um, before we just completely roll it out. And that's a lot of where the vendors come in, right, where they could be helping with that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great description, Kim, on that because, you know, I think what you're describing too is, yeah, we want to be as upfront, you know, with whatever stakeholders we engage with. But at the same time, you have to allow the professionals to do their job also. And that's kind of the balance we have to strike. Absolutely. It's critical. So if we're going to pivot to, You know, our our base here of uh, private school bus contractors um, and engaging with vendors like Tyler Technology, you know, obviously that kind of relationship, there are expectations uh, involved in your mind. Kim, what are the expectations that, you know, operators, private operators should have of their vendors and the vendors products?
1: Yes, thank you for that, because it's something I've been talking about a lot in the past year, really to, you know, to any transportation professional is, um, I know, you know, let's just, you know, kind of go back in time, like when GPS first came out for the buses. And when that new technology came out, I remember myself going, well, how do I ask questions that I don't know to ask? (laughs) Right? You You don't know what questions to ask. You don't know what you don't know. But you don't want to have, you know, those stumbling blocks and then go, oh, my gosh, I got to go back to the board because, you know, I need to purchase something else or or something like that. Right. Um, so it's, it's just a really hard thing. Uh, so having that expectation and walking into those meetings, um, knowing that you should have high expectations, keep asking the questions, right? What next? Um, I'll give you one example. If an operation was looking for onboard technology to support the drivers, right? And give them directions. If We want to become completely paperless. We want to think about those things. So when you ask, Hey, uh, does this give the driver, you know, an audible and a visual of the directions and they say, yes, don't just take that. Yes. They will. How, how is, how does that happen? What does it look like? And what if I have, you know, a restraining order, let's say against someone um, and and I need to communicate that to the driver. How does it do that? Medical information and what does it look like? Uh, because you don't want to fall under scrutiny, right? That's the biggest thing for whatever you provide to your team. So the message that I've been trying to get out is that you can and you absolutely could have high expectations. Um, it could be more than one meeting uh with any vendor. You you know, you want to circle back because it's no longer apples to apples. That's a tough thing, I think, for some people that, you know, are in a purchasing stage is it's not apples to apples anymore. And so we've got to circle back um, and do some serious comparisons and really find out, is it the best fit for this operation? Right. Uh, That's what it's all about. Um, But really just keep asking the next step. Right. What does that look like for the dispatcher then? Or what does that look like for the parent when that happens? Uh, and so um, it's, it's an amazing thing and, and transportation professionals, of course, continue to have my utmost respect because of all of these uh, added pressures, <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. uh, um, for these things. But once they're in place, luckily, um, you know, there's a lot that is happening out there that uh, a lot of solutions that are help making it easier for, than ever for the operation. Um, But you just want to, you know, that you should have those high expectations.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think sometimes that gets lost, you know, in the shuffle also with respect to, um, you know, the vetting process, people are so stressed for time that you're right. We have to have high expectations, also have to be thorough in that process. Um, And I think we also have to understand that, um, you know, things, you, you know, might evolve or trans, transpire a little bit differently than, you know, we had imagined. And, um, you know, when you're putting something together and that it's important to to be flexible. And I know that you've, you know, you've kind of mentioned that, um, you know, along the way. Um, it, Kim, just a, a, a quick question because, you know, there were obviously some transportation glitches that happen, you know, at the back to school period uh, of time. You know, th- thankfully, they're usually largely, um, you know, minimal in, in nature, um, but we saw a couple of whoppers um, this year, too, um, in, in terms of that. When you look at the whole system kind of globally, is there any advice you can give so as to avoid these pitfalls, you know, in the future because you... Don't have a second chance to make a first impression, and that certainly is what happens when a glitch occurs on the very first day of school.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I appreciate it. And there's no one and hard and fast answer for any of it, right? Some of what we've seen, like you said, um, there's you know probably uh, many different elements that came together at the right time for <laughs> something right. to go wrong, uh, unfortunately. But I think one. We have to keep in mind that the local knowledge is critical, right? So if you're reaching out um, for help, putting the, you know, things together for start of school, we have to incorporate that local knowledge, right? You can't just go, you can't call, you know, Kim Martin to go, yes, I'm really good at routing, but I may not know your area. So the stakeholders all have to be involved. Uh, Start of school is tough, you know, because there's always late registrants and things changing and um, that have, you know, that aren't anything because of transportation. Uh, so it's that communication, too, and setting the right expectations, I think, with the community, you know, and with the school district. And I think, you know, kind of tying in what we just talked about, too, is that uh, and having high expectations as contractors, of course, is really important when they're looking at things. One, how is this going to grow, help us grow our business, right, as we grow? And that's important because it's a business. Um, but also, you know, a lot of people, we've had a lot of talks, and I know you have too, about the driver shortage. And um, it's really, uh, we've always had a driver shortage, in my opinion, <laughs> because we were always hiring. There was, you know, um, now mm-hmm. it's a crisis. And so what when, when I like to talk to people about, um, specifically when I talk to them about Tyler things and we have to offer is how can it help us right now? Uh, how can we put in the system, hey, if we're 50 drivers short today and we're 30 drivers short tomorrow, what, you know, can we have this stuff saved, these plans saved, so we can quickly roll them out and have things be more smooth? Because unfortunately, you know, like we said, these are the examples we've seen, there are so many unknowns. Are we going to have people call off sick? Are we going to have you know, kids that are out sick or, you know, all of those things. So um, the more plans we can have in place and refer to them, you know, that's just some of that flexibility of the solutions that you want to have and think of those, not just when everything is perfect, but, you know, how, how can we have these plans and implement them real quickly on the fly? Um, and it's unfortunate. I, I think that there's also an element of, you know, bad news is what we see more often than good news. And I know that all of us, uh, including NSCA, are really interested in the good uh, and hero stories too, because it, that's so important, I think, for for the public to see as well.
0: Oh, for sure, definitely. Um, and like I say, is all student transportation is local, so looking at the the local dynamic as to why something occurred as it did, I think, is vitally you know important rather than trying to, you know, throw it in one basket of driver shortage or technology glitch or, you know, whatever. As you rightfully pointed out, you know, there are an, you know, a number of things um that do occur uh, on an everyday basis. They you know put the system together. So you kinda have to really take a good hard look at, you know, what might have gone wrong. Um so you can definitely impact it in the future. Um, and you did mention driver shortage. I, I think it it goes along with the notion that we are, as an industry, looking for that next generation of future leaders. What are your thoughts on that, Kim? And and how you know how can we get there? Because um, unfortunately, you and I aren't going to be around forever. We're going to be around for a while, but not forever. How do we get that next generation of leaders?
1: Absolutely. I think that this is a topic that I I am so interested in, right? I've given so much thought to this because it used to be, you know, we love our retirees and our at-home moms, right? That's how I, I got into this. And we still do, of course. You know, it could help, I think, also, not only with the storage, but let's not, you know, have this get worse. Let's be thinking ahead. Right. Um, You know, I think about Blockbuster Video Store. We got to think ahead. (laughs) That's how I I put it in my mind uh, is we got to do that. And um, I don't have all of the answers, but I want to continue to work with NSCA um, and anyone I can that's interested in this topic. Um, because I really think that it's going to be an amazing thing for our industry. Now, I go to um, even my alma mater or schools that will have me on career day. And just for one little example, right, talk to the juniors and seniors. There's so many of them like me that have no idea what they want to be when they grow up. And I actually think that's okay at that age, but there's a lot of pressure on them. And it, I'm always amazed that just like myself, when I say, hey, have you ever thought about the school bus industry? Most of them are like, uh, no, lady. <laughs> and but then I tell them, hey, you know, if you write cold, you could be a developer and a product owner. There's so many avenues, right? And it doesn't right. have to just be driving the bus or, but there is that too. Um, so spreading the word. But I also think that reaching out to today's youth is going to be something critical, right? Because they know what's going to be needed. They can tell us how things are changing, uh, right? Even when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, they have all, uh, the key to that and what's going on right now. So we've got to reach out to today's youth and continue to think of creative ways. Uh, you know, I see many, um, successful contractors, um, through NSCA, They have great social media presence. Gosh, that's not something we ever had to do before, right? <laughs> Um, but, you know, get a student intern, uh, to help with that. They, you know, they all love having internships and having those offers. Um, even if it's in the garage, mechanics and technicians, if you will, are another sorted. So, you know, let, how can we reach out to today's youth to keep that going? Um, I think there's so many initiatives that can be done. There's so much we can all learn. And um, and we've got to continue to figure out some creative ways to get them involved and get them to know, hey, this is an industry that you might really enjoy.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of great information on the podcast today, Kim. If folks want to learn more about Tyler Technologies, where can they find that information?
1: They can go to tylertech.com. Uh, anyone's welcome to email me, kim.martin at tylertech.com. Uh, so, we try to keep it as easy as possible. And Kurt, I know you and everyone at NSTA would always help direct anyone who needs to reach out to us. And um, so, please feel free to reach out anytime. Uh, you know, whether you're a client or not, we're here to help and here to serve the industry. And and uh, thank you so much and happy Thanksgiving.
0: You as well, Kim. And once again, our guest at NSTA, the bus stop, is Kim Morton industry engagement consultant with Tyler Technologies, frequent guest on the podcast and good friend of NSTA. Kim, have a great weekend and uh, we'll see you soon.
1: Absolutely. We will see you at the midwinter meeting in January. Thanks, Kurt.